Welcome to another sparkling edition of the Thought Police with me, Mike Graham, and him, Kevin O'Sullivan, uh, my colleague at Talk Radio. This is, of course, uh, doing very well now, this podcast, by the way. It's in the charts now, back in the charts, where it hasn't been for a while. Chart so busters. we must be doing something right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, um, all the people that were wishing Matt Kelly come, was, were coming back have stopped saying it now. Because yeah. uh, uh, I he's spoke to Matt. He's a lovely guy, but he's a Remainer. <laughs> he's a lovely guy. One, he's a Remainer. Two, he's, his job situation has changed slightly as well. So he's not in London as much as he was. So we'll try and get him back in for uh, a guest nice. spot. It'd be good fun, you know, yeah. But, I mean, tracking this guy down is, is a real job <laughs> and a half. You know, I've been trying to get him to go out for dinner with me since about six months ago. But anyway, listen, uh, let's kick off with um, something that's close to your heart, following on from um, your well, Plank of the Week last week yeah. when you named, yeah. um, you know, Britain's Got Talent and yeah, the whole Ashley, Ashley Banjo. Banjo. Yeah, yeah. The, thing, the point is, is the new storm involving whether or not you should take the knee uh, is the England cricket team yeah. who didn't take the knee right. uh, against Australia. Fantastic game, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I'm nor, not a big uh, cricket fan, to be honest. Nor so did the Australians. It. Right. Uh, that's their choice. Michael Holding, the legendary West Indies bowler, came mm. up and lashed into You've got to take the knee. You've got to take Why? the knee. Jofra Archer, our young black bowler, said, no, we don't have to yeah. take the knee. Right. Uh, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You can't tell us what to do. Now, this feeds into exactly what's going on at Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. That diversity do a party political dance on behalf of Black Lives Matter on last Saturday's show. It is now creeping up on the most complained about show of all time to Ofcom, the watchdog that looks who have still done nothing about it. Who have still failed to react. And I did say that they would probably be frightened, didn't I? But but what is ITV's reaction uh, and Britain's Got Talent reaction to this to announce triumphantly that diversity will be doing a special Christmas show? In other words, they're saying, oh, to their core audience, mm. you lot can all fuck off. Yeah, exactly This right. is not about you. Also, Alicia Dixon said, did she yeah, not, yeah, that if uh, there was a complaint kiss my back uh, up. upheld or something, that she would quit. Yeah, well, well, she denied that, but she did say you can kiss my black ass. Did she? But the, these are... Blimey. Th- these are... Uh, straw man arguments uh, which allege that anybody who complained about the wrong arena to perform a political dance Mm. i.e. an entertainment show is somehow a racist. That's bullshit. It's not what the complaint about. The complaint is about breaking broadcasting rules. Exactly right but this is the trouble with now the world in which we live because the rules can be broken by some people but not by others. For example if you're in a Black Lives Matter march you're fine. If a woman with six kids and two adults sits in a park, mm-hmm. she gets the police feeling her collar, telling her, I don't know if you saw this on the news yeah, last yeah, night, yeah. telling her that she can't be sitting there with, you know, sort of nine people, including children, having a picnic. Yeah, what yeah. is going on? She should just say, actually, we're having a Black Lives Matter She should Matter have just protest. held up a placard. P- Black Lives Matter protest yeah. picnic. They and then they would allowed. have had to be left alone. She, it, it, what this is, is the mass imposition of a political orthodoxy. Yeah. Funnily enough, it's not an orthodoxy I particularly disagree with. I think Black Lives Matter. I hate racism. I think we should get rid of racism. I want equality of the races. But you'll never however, get rid of racism. However... You Ever get rid of it. But it isn't the fucking point. It is not the place to make a demonstration, to make a protest, a mass family entertainment show on a Saturday night. That's against broadcasting rules. Where the fuck are off Well, exactly. But the bottom line is is that if they don't do anything about this, that then leaves the door open for somebody else to come in and make some kind of political statement uh, while entertaining the nation on Britain's Got Talent. You know, some comedian might go into some, you know, monologue um, about how great Boris Johnson is or why you should vote Tory. 
dare Michael Holding criticise the England team for yeah. not taking the knee? You know, how dare he criticise a young black guy like Jaffa uh, Archer, who's yeah. actually a West Indian by descent, yeah. uh, from... Uh, for, for, for not taking the knee. That's their decision, and right. it isn't racist not well, to also, take to the knee. And also, to be honest, it shouldn't be um, the whole team does it or doesn't do it. If some people want to do it, mm -hmm. I would say, if I was the captain of, a, say, a cricket team, mm -hmm. and a couple of the players said, look, we'd quite like to do this, is that yeah, all right? Yeah, I'd yeah. go, yeah, do what you like. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's no reason why everybody should be made to do it. Do you remember there was a picture, famously, I think of one or two... Uh, NFL players mm -hmm. who refused to do it yeah. and they were castigated and yeah. called racist and all mm -hmm. the rest of it. I think a couple of them were actually white. Mm -hmm. um, I think and, there might be so a New Zealand rugby player as well. There's a New Zealand rugby player yeah. who wouldn't do it um, because of course the Maoris have a very interesting view of the world. You mm -hmm. know, people who come from that part of the world, mm -hmm. they're quite religious. You know, uh, we saw, the I think it was, was it not the same guy who got into trouble for saying something about gay people? Mm -hmm. You know, because they have religious beliefs. Now, you know, we've seen that before in the same way that uh, that Australian guy um, who's been hired as the Brexit negotiator or Tony as part Abbott, of the team, yeah. Tony Abbott, is a very stringent Catholic, mm -hmm. which is not to say that he's in some way evil. He just has certain yeah, beliefs yeah. which make him a conservative, yeah. which mean that in the old days when you were a conservative, you didn't actually hand loads of money away to people mm -hmm. and tell everybody to ride around on a bicycle yeah. like Boris Johnson does. Yeah, I know. You know, actual conservatives didn't used you mean, to believe... You mean in those that, days when conservatives weren't socialists? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they used to actually think that religion was quite important. They used to actually think that, um, you know, gay, gay marriage, marriage? gay marriage perhaps it's it's not right. the greatest idea, right. but it was it was said as if he was somehow the devil. Mm. You know, because, oh, look at this bloke over. Look at him. Yeah. He doesn't believe in it. Well, that, he you was, know, they tried when he, when he was appointed here as the trade envoy. Uh, they tried to cancel him yeah. uh, in the time on the fashion. But to go back to Brit. Black Lives Matter, right? If you want me to take the knee for Black Lives Matter, small b, small uh, yeah. l, small m, right. because black lives do matter, I'll happily do that. I if still it, think it's a it, bit of a but if you want me, sugary no, no, stuff. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know? But if you want me to take the knee for Black Lives Matter, the organisation that wants to destroy capitalism uh, and the nuclear, destroy family. the nuclear family and defund the police, so you can go fuck yourself. Well, I'm exactly. not going to do it. Well, you know, I was looking at some of the coverage of old... Um, uh, what's his face? Um, um, Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton yeah. over the weekend. God, what a because he's, he's been getting. Into, well, I mean, it? he's now in trouble, it would seem, with the Formula One authorities because they've at least got the balls yeah. uh, to criticise him yeah. because he wore that t shirt at the weekend yeah. at the Grand Prix in which it said, uh, Arrest the police who killed this, this particular black woman in America. Can't remember her name. But also on the back of his t shirt, mm -hmm. he's got all these things that say trans power, gay power. Black power, yeah, yeah, yeah. student power. Somebody yeah, yeah. sent me a tweet and yeah, said, yeah, yeah. why doesn't it say horsepower? Because that's what it should say. And I mean, he's turned into a right wally, hasn't he? Lewis Hamilton, I mean, one of the most privileged people on earth, makes an absolute fortune driving very expensive and highly fueled up, um, you know, sort of... Uh, infestations of the environment mm -hmm. and then tells everybody to be green. Yeah, I know. And all of a sudden, he's like this. Yeah. We've never heard anything no. of this from him before. No. Along comes George Floyd and suddenly he's, he's campaigner of right. the year. I know. It's I don't really know. I wonder, weird. I mean, I do wonder whether some of these guys have just seen a, an opportunity. Yeah, business opportunity. Yeah, you know, business opportunity to get themselves front and centre, yeah. get mm. more people talking about them, get more money coming out of stuff, you know. It's but just this, is, this is all now out of control. Yeah. 
you know, ITV and Britain's Got Talent are basically saying to their core audience, uh, sorry, we don't care about what you think. We're too busy polishing our own halos. Yeah. Uh, you know, virtue signaling how great we are. You can all fuck off uh, and we're going to get diversity mm. to do a special programme. That's what we think of your complaints. We don't care. Just like the BBC yeah. does, hates its own audience. Right. Now it seems ITV hates its own audience. Right. ITV, of course, like the BBC, basically made up of a load of middle class, public white school educated white, white people. people. Yeah, exactly Self-loathing right. twat. Well, interestingly enough, I mean, I'm getting a lot of people now uh, coming to me saying, you know, um, ever since this whole business started, we don't watch football anymore. They just don't bother with the Premier League. I mean, yeah, it's difficult yeah. enough yeah, well, anyway. Not, but, but, without, yeah. without, But, you know, when they're all on their knees half the time at the start of every game, <laughs> people are going, what the hell are you doing? You know, we don't want to watch you on your knees. Yeah. We want to watch you play football. Yeah, I'd rather Fulham weren't on the knees at the end of the game against <laughs> Arsenal when we lost 3-0. Yeah. Yeah. It's at the start of the game. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Do, you know, not at the end. But, you know, the bottom line is, well, it was a tough old but first fixture, Premier, I suppose. You're right, Mike. Premier League, again, alienating its own yeah. fans. Uh, as Rod Little said, he supports two teams, Millwall and Middlesbrough. Yeah. He said, if there was a crowd when uh, both teams uh, took the knee, you, you wait and see what the reaction yeah. would be. Oh, it I would know. be mass booing. Oh, Why would be. are they declaring war on their own fans? I know. Why? I don't understand it. I really don't. And it seems to me um, that it's got to surely stop at some point. Surely it will be somebody will take a stand, a stand and they'll become a pariah for a while, but they will be some, you know, well, some Premier League well, footballer will just say, you know what, I'm not doing it. Well, one thing that maybe, hopefully, is a wake-up call uh, uh, for ITV in the Black Lives Matter dispute is, of course, Angeli, uh, Ashley Banjo, great man of letters, is yes. going Do you know, also, I saw a really interesting piece about him, mm. privately educated, uh, privately, yeah, of course. Um, went to sort of stage school, mm, yeah. Got his first break as a of result course, of of, uh, yeah. of being picked out State of a lineup kid, or something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is not an underprivileged all, kid from White City. And diversity, there's no diversity no. in diversity. No, uh, but uh, he says thanks for everybody for the uh, your overwhelming support. Four hundred and fifty thousand viewers divert, de deserted. Really, Brit uh, uh, Britain's Got Talent this right. week. Right. So nearly half a million out yeah. of an audience of five million stopped watching it because of this. Plus, uh, there are now nearly twenty three thousand complaints two more thousand mm. and it is the most complained wow. about program of all time that's extraordinary that is not overwhelming and how can support. they not take that's any notice of that rejection but also how can they not take any notice of that and worse because actually compound it compound it by saying oh don't worry uh, you've ever seen more of the same yeah. in a special exactly. program at christmas because they're virtue signaling twats who hate their own audience it's they're idiots and it, all this nonsense has got to stop this isn't normal no we've got to get it's like covid we've yeah. got to get back to normal yeah, yeah it really isn't normal we'll talk about covid in a minute but i wanted mm. to bring this up because i got this today um it's from a listener um who listens to your show and my show on talk radio as well as listening to this and it's a woman called Jeannie. doesn't say where she's from but she says that she's a very sensible former civil servant from Yorkshire. Um, actually, she may still be a civil servant. She says, I'm a 58-year-old civil servant from Yorkshire, semi-retired. I'm completely, I consider myself to be a reasonably intelligent woman, uh, objectively analysing and evaluating most issues. But she's asking this question, and she's asking it of you, me, and Ian Collins, funnily enough. And she basically is wondering, and she says, literally, I don't want you to think I've gone mad here, but what on earth is going on? This draconian cobblers that we're all having to live through, this nonsensical kind of set of rules that we're supposed to, you know, abide by every single minute of every single day. Um, she says, she's not a conspiracy theorist, but the more she thinks about it, 
the more she's thinking there must be something more going on. Now, I don't think there is, but what do you make of it? Well, I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I mean, this is Great Britain, in fact, anywhere in the world. Never believe the conspiracy theory, you know that thing, conspiracy th or cock-up. It's right. always cock-up. Right. What I think is happening here and in governments all over the rest of the world, but particularly here, is this, this government, this coronaphobic, crazed government, mm. is being carried forward on the momentum or by the momentum of its own rhetoric and its own narrative yeah. it has persuaded itself that we now have the worst pandemic in the history of mankind it's nowhere near right. that by the way yeah uh, and that there's a second wave coming and this is terrible and people are going to die well they're not dying we have the lowest death rate since uh march uh 600 people in hospital out of a population of si uh, 67 million yeah. only back in april there were 17,000 people in yeah. hospital uh 52 people on ventilators this this fucking thing is dying out, yeah. and yet the government can't bring itself to say, actually, we probably overdid all this. Yeah, right. Uh, because they're terrified, of course, in case they do get it wrong. Because if there was to be a second yeah. wave, you know, they would be castigated by all those people yeah. who say, but you let all these old people do you know die. What, though, Mike? You know, I don't, th I don't think there would be now. I think people all over the country are saying, look, and I don't celebrate, I don't want this to happen. But say, as they say, worst yeah. case scenario, 500,000 Brits died. I think people are now saying that's better mm. than locking us down again, taking away our freedom, but we've got, ruining the way, our lives. We've got an awfully long way to go before we get to half a million from 40,000. No, and no, we don't even know if those 40,000 actually died I, from COVID anyway. We're never anyway. going to get to half a million. We're, we've been stuck on 41,000 for fucking weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, with the death toll. What was it yesterday's five? <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I um, mean, you know, they're showing these ridiculous graphs and go, look, look, it's going up, yes, look. Cases, well, cases. You know, but do you know what I found out? Yeah, and you yeah, probably, yeah. I've probably explained this more times than I've taken a stick at it. But this R rate is absolute cobblers, right? It's completely, um, it's completely kind of invented by scientists at Imperial College, yeah. okay? Now, what it does is it collects a Just series of data. Just their arsehole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Neil Ferguson's his name. And um, they, 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 they basically take a whole series of different bits of data. Now, some of the data they collect is on what people are doing, okay? So when they reopened the pubs, the R rate immediately went up. Yeah. Not because people were getting more infected, yeah. but because more people were out. When the schools reopened, the R rate immediately went up because more, more people, people are, are out. Together that doesn't out. mean that the R rate is actually a rate of anything. The it's R bollocks. The it's actual bollocks. The R rate is like number of new cases. It is designed. It's, a, yeah, it's a not even that accurate. It's a statistic designed to a, a shit statistic yeah. designed to scare. It. It's not. Yeah, but it's not even based upon that. No. It's based upon all sorts of different yeah, things. Yeah, but, but you see what I mean. Which they then project into. Yeah. This is what we yeah. think it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, how is that scientific? Uh, well, it's not scientific. I mean, is I'd it? be better off spinning a fucking coin. And um, by the way, talking of unscientific. Heads or tails? Yeah, yeah. Should we lock down? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on. That's you know. About where it's, we're a, at. it's pretty much where but we how are. How many scientists, you know, a lot of scientists who've been warning about how bad this would be, how many of them came out and said, rule of six, mm. this is arbitrary, unscientific bollocks? It is. Everybody says this. What is this about? This is well, about. You no, know, I was reading, um, I think it was France. I it's can't a lockdown remember. down light, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I was reading about something like, I think it was France, and they've now re re reduced the number of people who can hang out together. So, you know what number? Yeah. A thousand. <laughs> <laughs> We're at six. You're going, hang on a minute. You know, I know their rates are going up. Uh, yeah. But really? I, I mean, only how, a about, thousand. how about 
taking a ran random figure like a hundred. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? A thousand, that's about as big as it gets. Yeah, it? yeah. And a thousand people around for dinner. I mean, <laughs> listen, that would be tough, even in my garden. But, yeah. you know, I, I just, I mean, how can everybody just have these random arbitrary numbers and they're all different? Yeah. You know, the, you just ha why can't we start acting on the statistics as we have them yeah. now? You know, record low number of deaths, hardly anyone dying. Actually, no one in hospital virtually, no one on ventilators uh, and new cases, most of them are asymptomatic yeah. and in young people. So what we're talking about is, oh, a few people are getting the flu. Yeah, yeah. 20%, I'm told, 20% of those infected currently yeah. are now apparently um, showing symptoms. Yeah. But that's only 20%. Yeah. So that means 80% yeah. are not showing symptoms. The mood of the country now, to my mind, is quite clearly everyone saying, give us our lives back. Stop all this shit uh, and we'll take our chances. If 100,000 die, surely that is better than what they've done to us for the last yeah, five months. But tragically, there are still, I still would think there's a sort of sizable majority of people, some of whom are driven by ideology, lefties in other words, some of whom are these kind of, you know, bedwetting remainers <laughs> who don't want to go out of the house because it's too dangerous. But they don't <laughs> mind cycling around on a fucking road, risking their life in front of a fucking Range Rover, you know. Yeah. But I mean, you know, there is, there are people, I mean, I was talking to a guy over at Borough Market the other week because I was over there having dinner. Because they've done some amazing stuff over there. You should uh, check it out in yeah, the evening. Yeah, right? I heard. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was saying that he had people who were going to come to the restaurant this week who've now cancelled because this new rule of six is coming. Not because they had more than six people, but because they scared. they got reignited their got, fear. Yeah, reignited yeah. their fear. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just don't get it. I well, really don't. I, I do, so, I, I don't, I think there are more and more people saying uh, we're not going to be scared of this anymore. I do think uh, the British spirit is resurging uh, and uh, more and more people are going to tell Boris. He's, he's dancing on the edge, by the way, of mass rebellion. Yeah. People are uh, telling he can stick telling him he can stick his rule of six where the sun doesn't shine, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that's what's going on, I think, that uh, uh, he's not going to get away uh, with these stupid little diktats that don't amount to a hill of beans. It's ridiculous. Well, I just think that's absolutely right. Now, I've got something here for you, because I want to give you a little test. I know what this is. Uh, this is the drinking too much test, yeah, right? I now, test. I, don't know who... I had a little test of it this morning. Yeah, yeah, I bet you had a bigger number than me. I had 13 in the end, which apparently means that I am... Uh, a score of eight plus indicates harmful or hazardous drinking. Oh, I think I think I, I did do it <laughs> earlier, so so I I, I I think I got twelve or but something. But I mean, who who? I mean, how about this though? How often do you have a drink containing alcohol? A never. Now the only people I know that don't drink are ex-alcoholics, -alco right? <laughs> yeah. Who don't drink, right? Well, they had to give it up for some medical reason. Monthly or less, two to four times a month, two to three times a week. Four or more times a week. I mean, you must have said four, four or of more course. times a week. I mean, I, I do have days when I don't drink. Right. You know, not very many. But I normally don't drink on a Sunday because I'm, I'm in Sussex and I'm driving back to London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will occasionally have a glass of wine when I get to London, but not every Sunday. Um, but some very bizarre kind of questions. You know, during the past year, how often have you had a feeling of guilt or remorse? After drinking, well, I don't feel guilt or remorse about no, anything. Well, that's one. I, no, never. So I mean, never basically. And there are things like, what is it? Uh, have you, um... Has a friend or relative or doctor ever been concerned about your drinking or suggested you cut down? No. My wife is often worried that I don't drink enough. <laughs>
She's a fine woman. So I, I do try to keep up with her. But, I mean, you know, again, I have to say, the old nanny steak people, I mean, I had well, a guy is, on today. Yeah. And, you know, I heard it, to yeah. say that 8 million people are now tr yeah. problem drinkers in this country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, drinking in this country is one of the great traditions of being not British. 8 million pro uh, problem drinkers in this country. No. This feeds into the shit they put on the front page of The Guardian every day. You know, new lefty organisation mm. comes up with some survey. More children are more miserable in Britain than yeah, they yeah. ever have been before. Yeah, what a load more of rubbish. More and more people are suffering mental health problems. More and more people are going to food banks. Well, today's one was great. It was more and more people are suffering from anxiety. And then above it, it talks about chaos after Brexit, because there's going to be loads of lorries parked in Kent. Yeah. And you go, well, no wonder they're anxious, because you keep filling their fucking heads full of fear. Well, you and I know this, you Mike. Know? The, the, the listeners to this podcast should know there is a massive industry. Every day, these left-wing organisations putting out surveys to prove that Tory Britain is falling right. apart of the scene. Also, to, also, to, to, also to justify their own existence. Yeah, yeah. Like the Children's Society, right? Yeah. I worked out. That, that, do you know how many people they employ as a charity? <laughs> About 600. <laughs> I mean, it's a fucking joke, They've got right? no money left they've to look got, after the children. Yeah, they've got six, I, look, I checked them out. They've got £63 million in the bank, which they don't use for anything. They just keep it sitting there, like most of these charities, right? You know, I thought to myself, you know, if you gave it to all these underprivileged kids... The 63 yeah. million, you'd actually make them happier yeah. well, rather than complaining about how miserable they are. Everyone with a half a brain knows that the charity business is a racket. It just is a Do racket. Do you know, I've got a theory as well about London and why it's full of so many fuckwits. And I think there's so many of them working <laughs> in charities. Yeah. They're working in these, because uh, these are big organisations, remember. They're not just like, well, you know, loads employing... of people earning six figure salaries. Yeah, loads of people earning six figure salaries in these charities. Um, working for think tanks, working for all sorts of kind of academic organisations like, yeah. like Imperial College. Yeah. You know, they're all massive lefties. You know, this is why we're never going to get rid of Sadiq Khan mm. and why no um, um, Tory MP will really ever hold a proper seat in London anymore mm. because it's full of these tossers. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, so, yeah self-harming uh, tossers who vote against their own interests. Yeah. But if you are, uh, work for a charity, I think Oxfam's got 22 six-figure salary yeah. employees. If you're working for a charity... That's just the sex and offenders, you're on, <laughs> And you're on uh, £100,000 or more, you should ask yourself whether drawing that kind of salary is a very charitable yes. thing to do, because it's fucking not. It really isn't. And it's you horrible. Should, should be it's doing, you should be And people say, oh, yes, but we need uh, people of commensurate Bollocks. Talent. Absolute rubbish. Bollocks. It was like when I lived in Edinburgh. Uh, and the leader of the Edinburgh City Council, who was just a jumped-up councillor, effectively, yeah, yeah. Um, was on something like seven hundred thousand a year. Well, the right? town hall people, because that's because just they absurd. had to. And, and the uh, the argument for them getting that much money was that oh, but mm. uh, you know she's handling a budget of something like well, forty it, yeah. billion pounds. Can you explain to me then why it is that the uh, uh, the, the woman who runs Edinburgh should earn uh, seven times more than the man who runs the United Kingdom. <laughs> doesn't really make a lot of it fucking sense. It doesn't really, sense, does, does it? it? No. But this is the trouble. But they justify it. And also, she wouldn't get a job doing anything else. I mean, if you said, oh, but she has to have commensurate with the private sector, why? The whole point of the public sector was that you had a cushy yeah. number, that you basically got much better pension mm. and a much better mm. um, you know, benefits package. Yeah. You didn't have to work for as long. Yeah. You could retire early yeah. uh, and you got loads of holidays. Yeah. And that's, and that's why you get a little bit less money. But now they get more money plus all that other stuff. It's always been bullshit. It's the BBC argument. Yeah. That's why we pay everybody and our stars so much because it's commensurate with the private sector. The actual truth is they've used that argument for ages to sustain their uh, inflated uh, salary system. And in fact, they earn miles, miles more yes. than anyone in the private sector. Have you sector. seen that they've now worked out the BBC, their latest wheeze is that they're not going to have so many meetings. 
They think uh, that's yeah. a good idea not to have any meetings. Well, then, then, then they'll have nothing to do. That's all they do, have meetings. When I worked in, uh, in that radio station in Scotland, I had this guy. Um, in fact, you might not even know him because he worked at Talk Sport for a while. He came up to, um, uh, to be our kind of station manager because I knew literally nothing about the radio business at all but they made me programme director hilariously um, <laughs> but their argument was well you know what's gotta love the media <laughs> <aren't you? laughs> I was like, they hired me to do the mid-morning show and then they said well why don't you do why don't you just run it and I said well I don't know how to, I don't know what, what you're talking about and they went well you know what it should, should be on the air you know what the content should be and I went yeah you know what story is yeah We'll send somebody up that can do all the other bits, you know, which was basically the clock, as they say, you know, yeah. arranging what, you know, when the breaks are, yeah. doing all the commercial shit, um, you know, figuring out how to do the jingles and all the kind of stuff that radio people know about, which I still really don't know very much about, to be honest. <laughs> but he used to have meetings, right? We, I was once in, I actually fell asleep in one of his meetings because we were in there for about an hour and 10 minutes. And I, in the end, I just said, look, I've got to go. I, can't, I can only do about 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my attention span, right? He was in a meeting with the MD of the company for three hours. It's bullshit. Three hours. People in meetings are not working. No. They're not they're doing really not. anything constructive. So meetings are uh, they're not an entire waste of time, but they, they, sh- they never need to be more than 15 no. minutes. Do you remember those great think tanks we used to go on with the mirror? Drink tanks. Uh, drink tanks. Yeah. We went to La Manga once, I right? I remember. Uh, got there on I a Friday night. I remember you playing American Pie and me dancing on the <laughs> piano. That's right. And we Mike's got there. a good pianist, by the way, everybody. Got there on a Friday night um, and basically just got absolutely shit-faced <laughs> for about three days. And at some point, I think on Saturday morning, we had a meeting, didn't we? We had one meeting yeah. where a bunch of us, about 30 of us, I think it was. Yeah, Piers Morgan was our Piers editor. Morgan. Yeah. Um, and then we played golf. Yes, we did. Remember. We did. Um, not very well. Because um, we were all so hungover. <laughs> so hungover. And then it flew back. It was great. It was great fun. Then we did the other one. Did you go the one in Dublin as well? No, I didn't go on that one. No. I didn't think I, you I were think I, that I just got back from the states. So. That was when uh, Des Kelly said to me at one point in the bar, yeah. "Well, if you're so fucking good, why are you in Scotland?" And I thought it's <laughs> a bit harsh. <laughs> Because I was basically good saying, I was <laughs> complaining about something the paper wasn't doing very well. He was a deputy editor at the time, and uh, we didn't get on terribly well. But yeah. we get on now, fine now. But I mean, uh, it was another one of these things. I played. I remember playing golf in on Royal Dublin uh-huh. uh, with Craig and, and Piers. Uh-huh. Um, we then just basically drank all night. I think went to bed at about five. <laughs> got up at about seven to go to, to the have meeting. breakfast and yeah. have the eight o'clock sort of you know. And then I you think, can't wait for the meeting. Is that to not end, where they it? came up with the three AM girls? Was that not the place? Uh, that, was that not that one? Uh, uh, I seem yeah, to remember. Yes, it was. That yes. Wallace. That Will, yeah, I think it, Wallace was it, there it, and Willis was there. It was. It was. And they, that was when they came up with the three AM girls, which are no more, right? The three AM girls three have disappeared. Are, they've, they've gone a long time ago. They were too successful. Yeah, well, they wouldn't want to keep. It's a mirror. It's a Daily Mirror. They don't like success. Did you see their splash? today about the uh, grouse shooting grouse shooting I mean you know not bad I suppose but you just you do wonder sometimes. I didn't like that rule I think it's horrible I don't like grouse shooting and things like that but no I know you, well I, actually I've got a bone to pick with you uh-huh. you know I meant, I'm glad you well, reminded me now. well I was listening to your show on Sunday was it was yeah. it Sunday yeah. when you had the seagull woman on yeah and you kept referring to seagulls as these glorious creatures. I was like, I nearly crashed the fucking car. <laughs> I fucking hate seagulls, right? And I'll tell you why I hate them, because cool. apart from the fact that they used to be all over the streets of Glasgow, and I'm going, and I used to live they in the middle dangerous. of Glasgow. <laughs> well, one, they're dangerous. Two, they're huge, right? And three, they're, they, they're, they're noisy, you know? And I'm, I'm, I woke up one morning, I thought, they're how fucking have noisy. I woken up at the fucking seaside? Yeah. You know, why is it so, why are they make? <laughs> Christ almighty. And yeah. then I, I moved when I, when I first moved down to the south coast, lived in Hastings, 
Um, we lived in a street where they didn't have any um, proper wheelie bins, right? Uh -huh. So on the day of the garbage collection or the rubbish uh -huh. collection, you'd have to put the plastic bags out on the street. Uh -huh. Guess what happened? Okay. They literally start dive bombing the plastic bags because they knew it was rubbish and it was food. And they would just literally yeah. strew rubbish all over the street every yeah. single second Thursday. It's just that we tend to, you know, like uh, that, as that lady pointed out, they, you know, they dive bomb kids and nick yeah. their chips and they are quite frightening. But I don't like, you know, that these three towns in the northwest, Whitby, Filey and Scarborough, mm. Have declared war on these pesky. I thought they were seagulls. protected species. But, to be but, but they put the, but they are, they're going to get two thousand quid grants to put spikes on their right, roofs right. and uh, anti gull gel. I don't like things. See, like interestingly that. enough, That's in Edinburgh, cruel. That's in cruel. Edinburgh, we had a big campaign about them at the, at the radio station. We discovered that in fact you couldn't do anything to them um, because one of the problems that people have is that they crap everywhere apart from anything else. But they also, um, they're quite prodigious in, in the way that they breed. And yeah, so yeah. There's, there's, there's baby seagulls like everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And they make a fucking lot of noise. And they're always on the roofs of all the buildings, right? <laughs> yeah, and, the only, and, the only, and they had one guy who was employed by the council, you yeah. know, thanks to the woman with the £700,000 salary. And he was, able, he was allowed to put sort of um, some kind of sort of seagull repellent on the roofs. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't, well, that's it, what they're doing But it doesn't towns. kill them. It just sort of makes them not yeah, want to no, sit it's, there. It's a gel. It may, yeah. Literally, they can't get a foothold. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. But, like, you know, um, I don't like things like that. I don't like the, I certainly don't like the idea. But of I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one story. When I was, in, I was driving around Glasgow one time, and I was driving, you know when you see a bird in the middle of the road, there was mm -hmm. a seagull, and they're about this high. And they're massive, know, yeah. About knee high, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm thinking he'll fly off, because they always do. Um, don't tell me you he hit didn't, it. He didn't move. And so I hit it, yeah. And so there was this... <laughs> Clunk, right? That's not funny. I clunked into it. No, it is funny because <laughs> I looked in the rearview mirror and literally the, he was the shookers. <laughs> like that. He flew off. That is funny. He flew off. So he just said, fuck that. I mean, car, he was yeah. like, fuck, it's just in a C-class Mercedes. Wanker. Just a car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, not, a, not, a, not an injury in sight. Shook it, shook it off and flew away. I think they're tough old birds, literally. They really are. A couple of other things I think we should talk about. I yeah. want to... Uh, highlight uh, a question of support. Uh, question sport, of support. support. Yeah. Que I would like to support the three people who got yes. sacked: uh, Sue Barker, Too old, Phil Tufnell, and Matt Dawson. Yeah. The question that has to be asked: Sure, I don't mind the idea of revamping a show with hosts and people who've been on it for many years. Trying to. I mean, I used to watch a question of sport. I've watched it for years. But, you know, do you, the, the question you have to ask is: You know, why are they really getting sacked? Yeah. Uh, is it because of the colour of their skin? Are they it too white? You know, we all know at the BBC now, if you're not BAME, you're not in the game. No. Uh, and they will be replaced by BAME people, they people will. of colour. I have no objection to that. I just think... But as long as they're the, not doing the, it just for the sake of it, well, I, I, that's the problem, You know isn't it? why they're doing it. Yeah. You know why exactly. they're doing it. And but as somebody said to me, well, surely if they're clearing out all the white middle-aged men, mm. shouldn't they be getting rid of Lineker? Yeah, well... Hey? Uh, When's that going to happen? Not to mention the entire executive structure <laughs> at the BBC. Yeah. Which management are, floor. Yeah, which is so. so uh, we had what about Hugh Edwards? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, get you rid know. of him. Uh, they had a poll. We had a poll on Talk Radio last night um, in my show, which was uh, if they get rid of Sue Barker, Phil Tufnell, and Matt Dawson, uh, will you still watch the show? Yeah. Uh, 93%, 94% no, 6% really? yes. Really? Because people are fed up with it now. They see, it's because they see in through position it. Yeah, they see through political it. orthodoxy. Yeah. In position. Mm. You know, and they've, they've got to stop doing this. People, it's not that people are racist. It's they don't want to be told what they are supposed to be thinking. People are not racist in this country, right? We have had, look at the footballers that we've produced in this country. By far and away, 
the the large bulk now mm. of English successful English mm -hmm. footballers who play for the national team mm -hmm. are mixed race. Yeah, almost all of them, right? Yeah, there's very few who are not. And that tells you something about the culture in this country. It means that, you know, because in America, as you know better than anyone, there's a very big black culture, which mm -hmm. doesn't exist here. So yeah, the whole Black Lives Matter no, thing right, yeah. um, is fine in America because they've got large portions of the community in every city, mm -hmm. in, in living sort of in ghettos, basically, because the white people live over mm -hmm. there and the black people live over there. It's not like that here. No. In this country, first of all, we don't have as many black people as they have in America mm -hmm. by proportion. And second of all, you know, there are many more mixed marriages yeah, in this country yeah. where people who are black marry women who are white mm -hmm. or vice versa, you know? And so that tells you more than anything, I would have thought, that we are not a racist country. Yeah, those three are getting a sack, in my view, because they're too white and too middle class. Well, can you imagine if, for example, Sue Barker was black mm -hmm. and too old? Would she have been sacked? Well, I Probably the, not. Yeah, I put the question last night, is the sacking of Sue Barker racist sexist and ageist right. uh, the answer to all three is very p possibly probably yes. all three yeah absolutely. Uh, so it's the BBC in action uh, talking of losers mm. let's talk about Ed Miliband returning <laughs> to the dispatch <laughs> well do you know what I said today was how embarrassing to be a member of the Labour Party which is clearly ashamed of Angela Rayner yeah now funnily talking enough talking about sexist yeah I mean funnily enough Angela Rayner they can't I'm, bear the idea of a woman even in though, charge no even they? though she's actually blocked me um, because you. Uh, when she went on Question Time, I actually tweeted, you know, I think Angela Rennes is the thickest person that's ever appeared on Question Time. And she that's really, saying she, something. I mean, you know, that is saying something. And it's also true. But actually, um, I was told a funny story by somebody um, who, who, and it made me sort of warm to her. Apparently, it was somebody who was covering some election mm -hmm. campaign that she was on. And she turned up. And she, you know, she, she sort of brushes up quite well as it were, and she was well-dressed, and, and whoever it was had said to her, oh, you look as if you might have lost a bit of weight. They were sort of friends with her. Yeah. And she said, no one wants to vote for a fat bird. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I think she's all I right with like Angela Rayner. I quite like all that. I, I think she's all right with Angela Rayner. But she, could, she was I looking daggers a, at Miliband I yesterday. I think it's a disgrace. What is it with that fucking Labour Party? Yeah. They hate women so much. Why can't the deputy leader take the dispatch box? Right. And, and of course, I was back, getting... By the way, going back to Ed Miliband was such a retrograde step. Oh. And they said, oh, what a powerful speech what he made. What a marvellous yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, really well, powerful, sec, really, really effective, you know, wasn't it? Sir Keir Stoner thought it was a great idea to bring him back back into the cabinet because of his amazing intellect. Yeah, oh, yeah. really? Oh, by the way... He's the... not even the cleverest Miliband. Yeah, exactly. He's not even the best politician in his own family. Right. <laughs> uh, and uh, 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 that speech was so effective that Boris won by 77 yeah. votes. Well, this is it. All these Labour people, they're so, uh, like, sort of deluded, right? Mm -hmm. They were like, hey, wipe the floor with Boris. Yes. Hey, wipe the floor no, with No, he didn't. He lost. No, he lost the vote by but a massive Massively. Margin. Yeah. Massively. And in fact, also... Um, this idea that somehow he and people were like, you don't know anything about parliamentary procedure. Obviously, it was it was down to Miliband because he's the opposite number of uh, Alok Sharma, who was supposed to be presenting the bill. No. But of course, I said, well, hang on a minute. Well, when that was changed and Boris Johnson was doing it, then surely it would have been Keir Starmer, mm -hmm. who's now not there because he's got COVID or might have COVID. So she's the deputy. Yeah, she yeah. should bloody well do it. Yeah, but they clearly didn't want her to because they were too worried. It would be a masterstroke to put her up against Boris because if you do believe that Boris Johnson is a misogynist, mm -hmm. which I don't, but I think he probably would talk to a woman slightly differently than he would talk to a man, he's almost bound to say something 
condescending mm-hmm. to somebody like her, yeah. and then she could make him look really bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you were sensible, if you were sensible, well for them, you yeah. would put her up against him because yeah. he would be pretending she was stupid. He would pretend he was cleverer than her. You know, it'd be public uh, schoolboy yeah. against you know, you I know, felt, teenage mum. I felt sorry for her. I thought she should have had her chance. Yeah. Um, but uh, to go back to the basic issue, mm. uh, do you give a fuck about international law being broken? No. No, Not at all. No. Well, that's just why I was amazed by old, uh, you know, Tony Blair's intervention. Because I, I seem to remember. I seem to remember the last time uh, we broke international law was when we illegally invaded Iraq. Yeah. Thanks to Tony Blair countries and Lord into, Charlie Faulkner. Countries break treaties and international law all I the time. I couldn't give a stuff. So what you got? You have got Theresa May, Tony Blair, right. Gordon Brown. Uh, David Cameron and Sir John Major yeah. uh, all saying it's outrageous. What's the common denominator between that? They're that, all wankers. That, no, they're all, <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, they're all wankers. They're all Remainers. Right. They're all Remainers. They're all Remainers. So what we are witnessing with this international law bollocks that not a single citizen in this country gives a shit about no. is the last roar of the dying Remainer mm-hmm. lion. Mm. It's another attempt by the Remainers to stop us leaving Europe and they can just fuck off because we're out. Yeah, exactly right. It's more like the cowardly line from The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah. You know, know, but this is the problem. These idiots, right, think that people care what they think. Nobody cares what Tony Blair thinks. Mm. Everybody hates him now. Nobody cares what Cameron thinks. Nobody cares what Gordon Brown thinks. He wasn't even elected. This is a bloke who became Prime Minister. Do you remember he had to be dragged, kicking and screaming out on fucking Downing Street? Yeah. Because he was so desperate to do a deal with the the Lib Dems. Anybody. Anyone. You know, can you stay for another five years? No, you can't. Is that the EDL? No, get lost. (laughs) You know, because you're no bloody use. You've managed to sell off all the... You know, the only thing he's famous for doing is selling off all the gold when it was at rock bottom. Yeah. Right? Making absolutely no money at all for the Treasury. Yeah, well done, and, and, Gordy. And, and assuring us that boom and, and Theresa May, one of the worst Prime Ministers we've ever had, yeah. who couldn't literally pass a kidney stone, yeah. never mind the fucking Brexit bill, absolutely hopeless. Yeah. Completely yeah, hopeless. Yeah, but the, the vast bulk of people in this country, I said this as well about the Tory MPs who voted against it or who abstained, you know. You know, did they not realise they were voted in to get Brexit done? Not to complain that this is not the way to do it. But by the way, when push came to shove, clearly not many of them did go against their own vote because uh, there's only two, I think, in the 79 majority, 77 majority to pass the internal market. Yes, but a bunch of them abstained, which I've never quite understood. I I love love, uh, Theresa May's intervention. Yeah, you're a real role model when it comes to (laughs) negotiating with the EU. Yeah, absolutely. You did a great job, you did. And also, I'll tell you the other two people I don't want to hear from anymore David Bloody Gork, right? Failed. Yeah, the one. Yeah, he's about as awkward as, as you know, my left foot. So but boring. He's isn't so it? boring, right? This is a guy who, when he was in charge of the Ministry of Justice, if you remember, refused point blank to do a judicial review of the release of the black cab rapist, right? Yeah. It took the two women who had been attacked by him, one of whom and was Carrie went, Simmons. The people of this country went crazy. Yeah. But he was given the opportunity. He could have been a hero of the hour. He could have said, right, we're going to do a judicial review. We're going to keep this guy in, in prison rather than letting him out to, to, to attack mm. his former you know, victims. But instead, it had to be two individual women who took a private prosecution mm-hmm. out to keep him in prison. Yeah. So he got that fucking wrong. Yeah. And then Dominic Greaves, the other one, you're totally clever, Dominic Greaves. You know, he's one of these guys that walks around thinking... Dominic who? He knows, Where is he now? Yeah. Dominic, you know, Dominic Grief, I call him. Yeah. But he's literally, you know, he thinks he's the sort of the single-handed 
um, you know, a guardian of, of our liberty or something. Yeah, well, and, and he thinks that we shouldn't be leaving the EU. Yeah, look, well, tough shit, mate. Yeah. We're leaving. Nothing yeah. to do with you. Look, Bugger off. Look what you ruined your career on yeah. the basis of. Right. Uh, an inevitability that in the end, this country, decent at heart as it is, would go with what the yeah. people voted and for. also he's, well, they, they, both stood, they both stood to be re-elected as independents yeah, yeah, yeah. and both lost yeah badly so very very bad would you mind just taking the fucking message yeah. and yeah. fucking off yeah exactly um it's, it's a disgrace we took four years mm. uh, to do what the public voted for but finally we got there in the end and although boris is a disaster on covid <laughs> uh, he's, he's good, good on brexit. brexit well he is and i was hoping to that he maybe pick up some momentum from the brexit victory that will inevitably come yeah and and somehow inject it into yeah, the yeah, way he he's needs, dealing with everything else. I think else. in the next month or two, he's got to start realising what the people are thinking about COVID, and yeah. that is, give us back our lives, we'll deal with it ourselves, no more of Matt Hancock's pathetic little diktats, no. and we'll get together in groups of bigger than six if we fucking well want to. Exactly right. I'll see you at the next uh, Rolling Stones concert or something. Uh, this has been the Thought Police. We'll see you next week. I was looking at some of the coverage involved, um, uh, what's his face, um, um, Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton yeah. over the weekend. Oh, what a because he's, he's been getting, into, well, I mean, he's now in trouble, it would seem, with the Formula One authorities, because they've at least got the balls uh, to criticise him, because he wore that T-shirt at the weekend yeah. at the Grand Prix, in which it said, arrest the police who killed this, this particular black woman in America. Can't remember her name. But also on the back of his T-shirt, he's got all these things that say trans power, gay power, Black power, yeah, yeah, yeah. student power. Somebody yeah, sent yeah. me a tweet and yeah, said, yeah, yeah. why doesn't it say horsepower? Because that's what it should say. And I mean, he's turned into a right wally, hasn't he? Lewis Hamilton, I mean, one of the most privileged people on earth, makes an absolute fortune driving very expensive and highly fueled up, um, you know, sort of uh, infestations of the environment mm -hmm. and then tells everybody to be green. Yeah, I know. And Unbelievable. all of a sudden he's like this. Yeah. We've never heard anything no. of this from him before. No. driving around last one time and I was driving, you know when you see a bird in the middle of the road, there was a seagull and they're about this high. And they're massive, know, yeah. About knee high, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm thinking he'll fly off because they always do. Um, Don't tell me you he hit did, it. He did move and so I hit it, yeah. And so there was this <laughs> clunk, right? That's not funny. I clunked into it. No, it is funny because <laughs> I looked in the rear view mirror and literally, the, he was the shookers. <laughs> yeah. like oh, he flew off. That is funny. He flew off. So he just said, fuck that. I mean, car, he was yeah. like, fuck, it's just, just a, a C-Class Mercedes. Just, just a car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, not, a, not, a, not an injury in sight. Shook it, shook it off and flew away. I think they're tough old birds, literally. They really are. Rule of six. Mm. This is arbitrary, unscientific bollocks. It is.